Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a great week. There is a lot happening, and I am not talking about the passing of the Queen, but the Real Housewives of Potomac trailer dropped this week. (laughs) Um, Oh, my goodness. It was exhilarating, and I realized that my guest and I didn't even discuss it, and I think that's because the night before we recorded, we talked about it on the phone for 45 minutes and completely forgot to talk about it when we were recording. So I'm just going to share some of the highlights for me. I am looking forward to seeing some uh, signs of alliance and friendship between Candace and Ashley. You all know I love an unlikely alliance. And now that Ashley is divorcing Michael, I feel like it opens it up for room for her to have a relationship with Candace and maybe some of the other women as well. Uh, It was really interesting to see Ashley say that she's planning to purchase a house with Michael, even though they're getting divorced. I wonder if Michael wants to make sure that Ashley and the kids have a good place to stay. And so they would like buy it together, I guess. I I don't really know. But it does remind me that back, I don't know if it was season one or two, when Ashley was really going after Robin for buying a house and doing things with Juan, even though they were divorced. So I don't know. She's a bit of a hypocrite, but I'm sure she would agree to that after, um, you know, looking back and watching how she treated Robin and then seeing how she is uh, right now. I think, you know, it's different when when you have children. And um, I am kind of interested in seeing how the women approach Mia about all of the things she was posting online about a cancer scare. I mean, she really made it seem like she had cancer. And this reminds me a lot of like Kim Zolciak season one of Atlanta, where at the reunion, it took like five to 10 minutes to get her to the place where she was like, well, it ended up not being cancer. Well, <laughs> that is kind of the the main point, right? Like you either have it or you don't. And I don't know. I don't trust Mia. I don't like that she threw a drink on Wendy, even though Wendy's not my favorite anymore. Um, I don't know. Mia's pretty quick to like toss things across the table. She tossed some lettuce across at Candace last year, and then now she's throwing a drink or water on Wendy. I don't know. But I'm, I'm willing to give her another shot to see how she does with this group. Sharice is back, and she is pissing off Karen Huger, who people are accusing of running out of town with a guy who's not Ray. So, That will be interesting. We see her getting very pissed off in the trailer, but we don't really see what she's mad about. So we'll see. Um, I'm really looking forward to Potomac, guys. It's my favorite franchise, and I am just so, so, so excited to recap it on this podcast with all of you. Um, One thing I will say, though, is that I'm calling it now. I think all of the rumors around Chris Bassett are untrue. And the reason I feel that way is because he runs the rooftop at the W Hotel, and he's there late. 
some nights, especially like Friday, Saturday night. Um, I've seen him there before. I know people that go there and he's just, he's in charge of it. So if he was there and it was two in the morning and Ashley was there and it was two in the morning, it would make sense if he doesn't have her number to send her a DM and be like, you should have come by and said hi. Like he's working there. That's what he does. It's his job. And yeah, I just, I feel like Every year, Giselle has to go after someone's partner and accuse them of cheating. And I think it just keeps, you know, questions off of her and her love life. And I don't know. I think it's BS. So we'll see how it all unfolds. In other Bravo news, I believe not this week, but the week prior, Erica Girardi was found um, not and I want to say not guilty because it was a civil case, but there was a judgment, a ruling that she had no knowledge of what Tom Girardi was doing when he was stealing money from his clients. And she makes a big deal whenever she gets a ruling in her favor, but she seems to discount or ignore any rulings that are not in her favor. And it's interesting watching this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when she keeps saying alleged victims and we don't know what happened. That is and has been for over a year a false statement by her because there was a legal judgment made that Tom Girardi stole at least $2 million of client money. He misappropriated it, and that is what led and opened the door to all of these other lawsuits. So it was found that that did occur. And then later on, after this season um, was filmed, there was a ruling that Erica had to return the $750,000 earrings. And instead of listening to what the court said and giving the earrings back, that she said she would do if the court told her to on this week's episode, she decided to appeal, which is totally her right. But again, she said if a court found that they earrings were purchased with stolen money that she would return them. She was waiting for the court to make a judgment, make a ruling. Um, It's also interesting that the woman who is also a judge uh, who was having an affair with Tom Girardi got a lot of gifts and jewelry and other things during that affair that were also from, you know, stolen client money. And she actually turned everything over without having a court tell her she had to. So, yeah, Erica looks pretty terrible in this episode. But I think we all kind of knew that that's where she stands. She views herself as the ultimate victim. And she doesn't want to acknowledge what actually has happened because she doesn't want to lose any more than she's already lost. She cares more about herself and her material things than she does about the fact that her estranged husband stole from his clients and she benefited from years from that stealing. So I don't know. I do think, though, that if they there is going to be a cast shakeup, that it's Lisa Rinna that's going to go and not Erica. And I think part of that is due to Lisa Rinna's just 
awful social media activity. And due to the fact that Erica actually can get along with cast members when she's not around Rinna. It was so interesting to see her go snowmobiling with, who is it, Garcelle and Cherie and Sutton. And it was a nice time. It was actually really fun to watch them, I don't know, just have a a decent conversation without a ton of drama. And whenever Rinna is there, I feel like, I don't know, she's almost like hyping Erica up to be what Erica is and um, then trying to get her off the camera when Erica goes too far. Um, speaking of going too far, uh, a wonderful listener reached out to me and uh, kindly let me know that uh, in the last few weeks episodes when I suggested that Naomi from Southern Charm was only getting together with Whitney potentially because he was a an executive producer on the show, that that was uh, low-key slut-shaming. And they are absolutely correct. I mean, truly, if two consenting adults get together, we can all, you know, say, well, why are they doing this or whatever? But to focus on Naomi and not really on Whitney and why he's doing it, um, it's not cool and... You know, I still do think that what brought them together was the death of Whitney's dad and that that's something they can bond over. But um, I shouldn't have really questioned Naomi's motives. And I'm really sorry for that. Um, I really enjoyed Southern Charm this week. I haven't really been enjoying it this season. And I loved it this week. And I think um, I just couldn't stop laughing at watching Craig be so drunk and just make a complete mess of Patricia's house. I mean, first spilling the red wine on the very expensive white sofa. And then, you know, he like swore he dropped an F-bomb when they were sitting at the dining room table. And it's because he accidentally broke one of the legs on the chair that he was sitting in. What does make me laugh, though, is like Patricia has such a particular style and she loves antiques and she loves like old furniture and dinnerware and all of that. But old things break more easily. They're not, you know, as sturdy. And I don't know, it does look like everything in her house is like, you know, a quick I don't know, like a a swift wind could come in and just like all of it would fall apart. (laughs) But I I just couldn't stop laughing at um, Craig. I I don't know why. But just they they were all laughing. I was laughing. Patricia was laughing. It's like, what are you going to do? It was also really fascinating to watch all the girls get together because we haven't had a scene with all of them together. Everyone except Madison, at least. And I thought Leva gave Vanita such an like a hard time for her friendship with Madison and Leva getting pissed that Madison found out what Leva had said when she was angry. And I agree with Vanita. Like if you're not able to say it to their face and you type it in a text and they happen to find out, why get mad at Vanita for that? I don't know. I'm starting to sense like why some of the cast doesn't like Lava. I feel like she is blaming people for things that she should just take ownership over. I also felt really bad with the whole situation with Taylor, where she's sharing with all the girls that she feels that God is pointing her to make Shep a better person. 
And they're all kind of like, that's energy that you should be spending on yourself, not on him. And I think, you know, she's obviously going to have to learn this lesson that he is incredibly selfish and she may love him dearly, but he is probably not the right partner for her. And I think she, I don't know, discounts how bad it is to have your partner scream at you, you're a fucking idiot. And she kind of was like, well, that didn't really bother me or I didn't even really hear it. It's not okay. And I think she makes a lot of excuses for him. And then to see Austin and Craig say that Shep is going to continue to step out of that relationship and cheat on her because the first time he did it, she took him back and there's no consequences that it almost encourages him to do it more. And I just feel like it's very unhealthy and I'm glad that they've split up in real life, but I hope it's an actual split and not just like we're taking time apart because that's how she made it out to be when she was on watch what happens live. Okay. Guys, my guest today is so fantastic. I have such a good conversation with her. It's fellow podcaster of the What Else Is Going On podcast, Taria Faison. She is a good friend of mine, and we just have so, so much fun. I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. As always, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And if you have any feedback for me or just want to reach out, you can reach me at Mandy Slutsker in DMs on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I have a very special guest today. She is the host of the What Else is Going On podcast. She has a fantastic Instagram account, WeGo podcast, amazing content there. And she is a close personal friend of mine. Let's welcome to the podcast, Taria Faison. How are you doing? Hi, Mandy. How are you? Thank you for I, I love that introduction. I really do. I'm going to save it. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, change my intro music. Yes, Mandy and I are very close personal friends. I've said this before, and I'll say it every time I come on here. I used to listen to her. She had no idea who I was. I, I also didn't DM. know how to check DMs. <laughs> <laughs> But you, she responded and it wasn't months later. It was like, what, like maybe a couple of weeks and not even a couple of weeks later. I was in Target. I clearly remember. And um, we hit it off. And I was like, she's literally talking to me. This person I listen to whose laugh I love. And Aww. we hit it off. And Taria and gonna- was in the area of D.C. Like I was like, wait, you live near me yes. and you listen. How long have you been listening to me? I don't really know people were listening because I'd never checked my DMs because I didn't. I'm not very I wasn't very familiar with Instagram. I'm much more familiar now. 
No, my favorite thing is Mandy will know like everything that's going on in the world today, things that we should know, things that we're trying to learn about. She could spit out facts. I could like text her a screenshot of like, this person is kissing this person. She'll be like, what the hell is going on? You need to film me. Oh yeah. With some of the celebrity (laughs) gossip and stuff, I like miss certain things. And I'm like, you need to tell me what's happening because I don't understand. And sometimes I'm like weeks late to certain drama. But it's funny. Wait, can I tell them the message, the text that you sent me about the post? Oh, yes. It was so funny. Y'all, so I've been, I have very early mornings a lot and uh, late nights. So I was on my, so I posted about, it was a black woman and she was saying basically, and it was meant to be funny how she works, she's works basically at an all white corporation and she used the term spin the block and she was like I'm so sorry because now they're running around saying oh you know I just made coffee I spent the block so (laughs) I'm laying on the couch and I hear my phone go off and I look at it and Mandy's what is spin the block (laughs) like like base I don't have my phone in front of me oh I have it in front of me I can read it I said saw your Instagram post what does it mean to spin the block (laughs) and is this similar to how (laughs) non-Jewish white people misuse Yiddish phrases because they heard them watching Seinfeld (laughs) Y'all, those are the things I love. But then she makes me think because I told her what, when we talked, what the urban, if you will, or street is. But she goes, but where does it come from? And I was like, hmm, it's a very good question. I'm going to go look it up because really when we're saying things, we really should know, even if they're colloquialisms. Because I, I hate you can't have your cake and eat it too. I don't like that because if I'm making the cake, I can have a bite. I know what they mean. But I, I just hate yeah. that term for some reason. I feel like they should also make sense. It's also like, where did it come from? Right? Yeah. Like there's certain, like I once, my one of my biggest faux pas was I was in a meeting, a professional meeting with people from India. And I was like, well, you know, this is their sacred cow. And then I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Now I, wait. Oh. <laughs> and it was just like, I'd never thought about where that phrase came from. And right. honestly, I don't use it anymore. Spirit animal, don't use that term anymore. Me like, there's neither. just so many things that you learn. And once you learn where it comes from, you're like, eh, eh, I don't need to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have learned, I felt like I had a respect for all human beings, regardless of what color you were, what your sexuality was, no matter what. But I've learned there's something even greater than basic respect. If some if one person says, I don't like when people use spirit animal and they are of that culture, then I don't use it. It doesn't matter that. So to me, that's a greater respect, really trying to understand people's cultures and really taking it in and not saying, oh, well, we've been using it forever or even the term like. Wife beater. I try not to use that because that's oh, what we call those those shirts. shirts yeah, right? I that one always seemed like very obviously wrong. I was like, right? Ooh, that's a it is yucky. Because- like, can I just say tank top? Like, yes, with with like r- ribbed tank or something. <laughs> It's like we're shopping at Old Navy. Ribbed white ribbed tank top, frequently worn by Eminem (laughs) (laughs) and Snoop Dogg, and like every rapper in the '90s, and then every uh, every I I was going to say hip hop, but like okay, so so y'all, those of you listening, hopefully um, a lot of you probably, well, some of you probably know who I am, but I am a Jersey girl, so frequently worn by Jersey girls with 
gold hoop earrings with a tight high bun, tight jeans, heels or Timberlands, and aviator sunglasses. So that's how you describe. But I know we have to talk about Bravo, but I have to say I was literally yeah. listening to a podcast and um, the lady, the girl, she's so, so funny. We were talking about using words. When she was younger, she, she well, she's a big reader. She's very smart. And she said her mom didn't know what books she was checking out at the library. So she was reading a book um, by James, like the one that writes thrillers, not Clancy, James, someone. And the word blowjob was in it. She didn't know what that meant at her age. So she said she was around the table at her house and she did a really good job on her English paper. So to her blowjob was like, oh, my God, you blew up that job. So she was like, oh, my I God. I did a blowjob. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my mom, God. Very Christian. But I'm talking like like my like my dad's mom, grandmom type where they don't even wear. Well, her mom wore pants, but like to that level, they don't wear pants. They don't do this. She was like, what did you just say? Oh she figured blowjob was like, oh, I blew up the job. I, I mean, how would you job. know? I had how to learn you know? through what happened with Bill Clinton. That's how I learned what a blowjob was. I told Corey the other day and he just started laughing. I said, I'm not sure why they call it blow. And I'll just leave it where that is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's but, <yeah>. I, <laughs> I, but I remember sitting around Shabbat dinner and, you know, people, kids at school were talking about what was going on with Bill Clinton because he was the president and there was a blowjob involved. And, you know, kids like to talk about it. Right. And the ones that know what it is like to tell the ones that don't know what it is. And I remember asking my parents, why did the president stick a cigar in a woman's vagina? And my mom looked so taken aback and she usually could like respond quickly, but she just looked at my dad and my dad in his like very thick accent. Was and I like, know your dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mandy, because he's a liberal. <laughs> and it just like ended the conversation and normally, my mom had no problem talking to me about right. sex stuff, but I think she was just so taken aback. And like, because that is, that's not about your body and what's going on. No, that's, it was just like, oh my, oh my God. God, how are these kids paying attention to what's going on in the media? And my parents didn't even yes. really have the news on that much. It was just, okay. they're like, how would she, you know, like, how would I, she know that? That, yeah, that like very big detail. But this was like the salacious thing that kids were looking up on the internet at school because, you know, the internet was now in school and you could go right. to the library and people were looking up the star report and searching for terms like penis and vagina. What? Yes. And then they would like share it with, you know, is the only other time all of us have been interested in politics at that age. I continued my interest, okay, for for many years. When I was in high school, no one else cared. Right, but they cared. Oh, but when we were younger, yeah. So that was, um, it was interesting. Anyways, we have spent good. enough time talking, talking about politics and blowjobs. And my dad's, my dad, I, you know what? He doesn't even remember saying it. I brought it up later and he started laughing. He was like, oh, that was a good line. Your dad is very, I met Mandy's dad and I enjoyed when he comes in town again, I told him we were going to have dinner because I really enjoyed he's, he's as much as you're a wealth of knowledge. So is he 
mean, it's yeah. not about oh, what you talk about, very but it's about other things. You brilliant. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And he loves his Mandy. He said, Aww. talking about my daughter. And he said, Mandy, man, I can't do the accent, but Mandy's very smart and she will help your daughter with whatever she needs because Mandy's very smart. And I was like, I know. Oh, he's so sweet. He adored you. Adored I, you. I loved him. He it was, was like, just like I instant. Really like- just, it was instant. I know. You guys were talking for like an hour. I know. I didn't get to really talk to, uh, I talked to a couple of your other friends, but I was so interested in talking to your dad and his life and just the bravery that he had. And then. He goes, Mandy is much braver than me. And I said, no. well, you're brave also. And I, I said, can't she believe got he said it from that. you. Yeah. He, oh, because he's you brave. go to places like you go to places to help. He went somewhere to escape. And I said, that is brave. And Mandy got that from you. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. He's he's so sweet. I He tends to say nice things about me when I'm not listening. <laughs> I, do all parents do that? I sometimes want to ask when my I'm mom. around, like, he's kind of giving me a hard time. <laughs> I'm also the one that he makes fun of the most. I mean, he makes fun of my brother for being a vegetarian. I think it's a Russian thing. Like he just I can hear him like, you, well, it's nonstop <laughs> because him and his wife are vegetarian and they have a baby and the baby doesn't eat. You know, oh, I think they're introducing okay. meat at some point, but they don't keep meat in the house. They're like trying to figure out okay. how to navigate it right so that okay she's, and my dad is like like if she's ever crying my dad's like it's because you don't give her steak <laughs> I'd cry too. he's like i'd cry too if you know oh my god you you withheld meat for me it's just like I'm not really right and he thinks it's so funny and he laughs at all his jokes and you know he's like she's saying where's the beef <laughs> like, dad, like stop like you like you know it's the- how parents do my dad is the yeah they're so funny okay yeah we have to get into the real housewives of atlanta okay. season finale because i feel like mm. the last few episodes i haven't spent dedicated enough time to what's going on in atlanta have okay. to get your thoughts on she by Sheree's fashion show there was a point when I allowed myself to get swept in the way, I mean, swept in the moment and not get caught up. And when they were showing the flashbacks and when she's like, I have clothes and I felt like, wow, if that were me, I would be just so excited and watching the crowd's reaction to really cheering for her. Sometimes people will come to just see if you fail, like, oh, let's see if this is. So clearly the cast had to come, but I, I really do feel like people were actually rooting for her. Um, one, Now my favorite part, although I was rooting for her, my favorite part of the fashion show was Dwight. And I tweeted, someone run me Dwight's email or phone number. I want him on the podcast. The look on his face when he goes, I'm ready to go. This is crazy. It was the Dwight that we all oh just. Oh, my God. You know, and he's aged very well. And uh, Dr. Debro, I think, fixed his nose and did such a good job on. You know, because it did look weird. But was it he have a botched no job, nose job? That's what I thought. I thought he had a botched nose job before. Yeah. His story is very interesting. You know, um, outside of all of that, um, he's very transparent about his upbringing and being gay and in the south and then coming to coming to Atlanta like it's very very interesting but that I I love that part so then I started looking at the clothes and I was like they were very cute and there were things that I would definitely want to buy am I working out in them 
No. So is she by Sheree a workout line? Because that was my impression based on in the beginning of the season when she had her yoga mat and her water bottle. Because I thought I wanted to buy those. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a yoga mat and a water bottle. But now it seems like we've totally pivoted because at one point Candy says, oh, there's joggers. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be joggers. I think it's athleisure. But what's okay. interesting is the fashions that she had in her fashion show were not the fashions that were on her website. Yep. And it was painful seeing the website and the inability to get it up and running. I mean, you know you're going to have traffic. You know you have at least 1.2 million viewers, if not more, that night. So you need to know that your website is going to be – you have to have the servers, the capability. Yes. She's – and Candy is right there. Right there. But because Sheree refuses – to pay people for their work and get good people because she doesn't want to pay for what good people cost. She ends up botching this whole thing that could have, you know, who is it that said you have to owe millions to make millions? Yes. Yeah. Karen, you got to make, you got to make millions to owe millions. Yeah. You have to spend the money up front and go in the red to, get to where and I'm not even an entrepreneur or a business person and I know that you have to spend money up front before you make it I think it gives me tingles at the amount of money that she could have made had like you said she spent that money up front to me to me you have this person that's that wanted this chateau for so long whatever money wherever she got it from that she put in that home I can just imagine if she had to put that toward her business, she could have a boutique by now, be in a in a in a brick and mortar like candy. Like there's so much more she could have done. And it Sheree is to me it's sort of like a dichotomy of like she's too conflicting schools of thought for me because on one hand, she has this very superior attitude, like I am better than I'm more stylish. I'm more graceful. I have a better body. I'm more beautiful. But then on the other hand, she doesn't mind sharing certain vulnerabilities and looking foolish. So it's that's so uncommon to me. That like seems watching to be these. new, though, because the last yeah, two yeah. times she was on the show, she didn't want to get vulnerable. So I think this, it was their this last time in Jamaica yeah. mm-hmm. with Bob. Remember her ex that said, I should have choked you. I should have choked you harder. Oh, God. I think that is when she just totally, yeah. He was it's, there. It's tough how how that experience of being married to someone like that. I don't know. I can't imagine what that did to her psyche and yeah. to her self-worth and her confidence. But this whole not paying people thing. like it, That is horrible. Yeah. It's a bad reputation to have, too. It's not like, oh, oh she's cheap. It's like you just no. don't pay. Yeah, it's not that she's cheap. It's that she actually refuses to pay people for their labor. And I was talking to you about this the other yes. day. But good point. the um, guy who basically got a lot of her fashions together for the show is a black man, I believe. And she never paid him for what he produced. And he actually had to spend his own money. And she was like, oh, I'll pay you back 
to get some of the fabrics and some of the supplies. And she he delivered everything on time at the end of the day. And he wasn't paid. And to do that to another black man, like as a yep. black woman who's an entrepreneur or says she is, that, I don't know, it, it just like seems... It rubs me totally right? like the wrong way. And it also goes to show in the beginning... She wasn't using him. She outsourced. So now at the last minute, when you need to pull through, I wonder what your appeal was to them behind the scenes. Was it we're black? We need to support each other. And then you turn around and you not pay him. It, it, and he gave her extra pieces on top of that. I just, it just like makes my blood boil. I don't know. It just seems yeah. so shitty. And I want to love Sheree. I mean, watching her and Tyrone and, you know, her with her kids and the fact that she has, you know, moved on from Bob and gotten her self-worth back. It looks like, you know, it's like, okay, I want to root for you. But she is so inherently watchable because she is so flawed. And I think that does pull me in. And I, you can tell, I remember in Dave Quinn's book, people were reading passages and also hearing her on Carlos King's podcast um, some months ago. Sheree has this air of she was the black elite in Atlanta. She was beautiful. She had this body. She was married to this football player. And then you have Nene, who to me is a beautiful black woman. In certain circles, Sheree would be on the arm of the football player, right? You know what I mean? Sometimes people are very, uh, uh, what is the word? Shallow in their thinking. And Sheree has said that this show was supposed to be built around her, but then you have Nene come in and shines as bright as she does. Because for all of Sheree's beauty and her, and um, her, her watchability, there's something Nene has that she doesn't. Right. And I think that that really bothered her. So I kind of feel like she's also a little bitter, too. And she said Kim Zolciak was supposed to come to the show and didn't support her. She said, and they're because they're really good friends in real life. She then she said. That's so interesting. Does that remind you of what's going on on The Real Housewives of Dubai between Carolyn Stanberry and Chanel Ayan? Uh, yes, ma'am. A lot. And I'm. There are times when you want to shake Chanel and say, oh, of course. I need you to be quiet for a moment. I need you to be quiet. Then there's all it. It was so clear to me when Caroline and I don't know what's happened behind the scenes. Right. But when they were on the beach at dinner and she was saying, but have you ran a business? I see she was trying to basically prove Brooks's point like. You having your ex invest is different than you having your ex fund everything. There's a difference between an investor and someone funding and controlling. So when she said, have you ran a business in that moment? I felt like I didn't I didn't get that from Caroline, what Chanel felt. However, when you start adding up, when she starts talking about the many times, it's like, well, why are you asking me that? You know that I've run a business. Yeah. Well, she was expecting her to say yes. And she's like, and that's why. Like that, I think she was doing a line of oh, questioning. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, and got it. Yeah, at the, that I know makes you sense. didn't see the second part of the reunion, but actually Chanel apologized to Caroline and said, I watched okay. myself back and I see what you were trying to do. And I 
had a reaction and Caroline was like, I really wish that when I talk, you're not assuming the worst every time I open my mouth because like, I think they actually like each other and, and have a lot in common. And I want to see them be like the Karen and Giselle, like friends and frenemies, but like not, don't cross a line. You know what I mean? Yes. And Chanel, I think takes it too far. And I understand why she was so hurt, but she needs to chill out. The the thing I will yes. say, because we're just doing a little detour into um, Dubai, is that Lisa on the second part of the reunion, I felt her shade bordered on mean and didn't oh, okay. seem as um, everyone else seemed like they were ready to reconcile and move forward. And they all give gifts to each other at the end, which is something that had never happened. And it ended, it left like a great taste in my mouth kind of watching. Okay. So um, first it was Chanel and she gave a gift to Stanberry. And now I can't remember what it was, but it was like a joke gift. Okay. It was very funny. Um, then Stanberry gave Lisa a sock puppet as a joke. Right? Because she's like, I called okay. you a puppet here. This okay, is what your yes. kids can play with. But then Lisa gave Nina a book, How to Be a Good Friend. And that felt not in like good. That's yeah. different. Yeah. It like... just felt like not as good. Like everyone else's gift was cheeky and cute and making fun yes. at the issues that they had had throughout the season. Right. Like, um, I think it was Brooks gave uh, Ayan at the end like lemonade and something else because, you know, she gave her all those lemons. Yes, yes. It was like all very cute. But Lisa and for her to like talk about Stanberry's age and her not getting a mortgage, like it felt kind of nasty to me when versus. okay, it felt like they had stopped throwing daggers at Lisa and Lisa just like couldn't back off. Okay. And I okay. like Lisa a Me lot. Too. I think but I she's feel, my favorite, but yeah. I feel like she um I don't know, was a little bit just like couldn't like switch gears a little bit. Right. She got so. stuck like right where they were. Because I for for what it's worth, I feel like I liked seeing Caroline Stanberry with these women because now I will say outside of Nina I did see what Lisa was talking about and I got what Lisa was trying to say I understand that you could have not liked this person and then you met them and you're like oh they're not bad but from the way Lisa is saying it it's like okay what could she what did Nina say that was that much worse that now all of a sudden you don't even see like you didn't see them reconcile it's just like now she's Caroline's best friend I get that but where I got confused because in the beginning I distinctly remember Lisa saying she liked Stanberry and she says and they got along she said she liked her and the problem was Nina was saying all these negative things and she seemed to have a bigger issue with Nina than she did with Stanberry at the reunion. And the only reason she was going after Stanberry is because she felt like Stanberry had gone after her. And and the only reason Stanberry had gone after Lisa is because she felt Lisa went after her, you know, so it was like, so it was kind of, I don't think these people inherently don't like each other, but I do feel like, um, I don't know. There's something very inauthentic about Sarah 
No, she's uh, gorgeous, and I'm obsessed yes. with looking at her. She's definitely, and I love yes. how she talks and her cadence. But she is a fraud, is very much so. Watching her back, and when she and Brooks, when Brooks came to her upset, the fact that she couldn't get why Brooks was upset because for me as a parent. I would have felt the exact same way. And listening to Caroline, she didn't even, if she had to listen to Caroline's background a little more, not every black family, but I got what Brooks was saying. It's in our families sometimes. And we, we have to, me and Corey actively made a choice to kind of like not go down this path, but our parents tend to be iron fists on us and very gruff and not show emotion because they say the world is not going to, tr- you are black in this world and the world does not love you. So you have to know how to survive. I get that, but there also needs to be some love and some vulnerability shown. And so I get when, when Brooks kept saying, I got out of that situation because of my son, I work hard because of my son. I remember telling my mom when I was younger, you don't say you love me just randomly. And she said, I don't have to tell you the words, but you should know. I. Uh, no, but I'm telling you, I love you by you have a house to live in. You're healthy. You have food. I work. She was saying essentially exactly what Brooks was saying. So to me, so you're learning. Have you ever seen that video? It's like your children, um, mom, do you love me? And then they flip on a light switch and then they open a refrigerator and then they point to the clothes. Yeah, I love you, but they're not saying it. I, I think saying it really matters. And I grew up it in a matters. household where people yes. said it all the time. And yes. I think it's because my father grew up in a very different household where he and was never told he was loved and he wasn't right. allowed to be hugged. His father never physically touched him, except for probably to hit him at some point. I'm sure wow. that was very common back then. And so yeah. it was he when my um mom was pregnant with my brother and I don't remember this, obviously I was young, but my dad was upset that they found out it was a boy and he was almost mad. Right. And -hmm. frustrated with my mom. And they like, didn't talk for a day or two. (laughs) Just like (laughs) weird. And she finally was like, what the hell's wrong with you? First of all, you made it a boy. (laughs) Right. Right. That had nothing to do with me. And he said, I won't be able to hug him and kiss him the way I hug and kiss Mandy. And she said, of course you can. He's like, no, boys, you can't do that with boys. She's right. like, you can do whatever you want. And my dad, it was like a light switched. And he's like, wait, mm-hmm. I can have him on my lap. I can hold his hand. I can. Right. And so my dad is like so overly affectionate with my brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he like has a pet name. He calls him Rabbit. And he oh, that is like, so it, you know, and he, he just always is saying, how much he loves him and he's always building him up and saying how amazing he, and he goes above and beyond. And I think it's because he's trying to give my brother the love and support that he, that didn't, he have. didn't have. And, and see, I, it's yeah, really it, beautiful to watch. It goes down from generation. Cause do, did I know that my parents love me? Of course. But what I have liked to hear it and been more affectionate with them, of course. But now at 45 years old, like, Anything that my parents could do for me, they would do for me. But now as they're getting older, I notice my mom and my, like my dad just said 
when I dropped Sky off that when he dropped me off for college, he cried. What? I never right? knew that. They don't. Yeah, they don't want to show you certain things. Yeah. But I think parenting is changing. And yes. and and because the because honestly, the data and the science back up like what we call in early childhood development, like responsive <laughs> caregiving, where you acknowledge the children's feelings and it's okay yes. for them to express themselves and you nurture that, whether they're frustrated or sad or happy, that you let them have those feelings and you don't impose your own feelings on them. Yep. And and you show care and that you're there and that you love them so that they feel loved and safe. And that helps like brain development it's it's there's so much there and um what i feel like happened between brooks and sarah is actually that they cut out so much of the conversation that led up to it because i think they were having a more detailed conversation about parenting and different styles and then it led to this moment based Mm. on things sarah has said in interviews Okay. And I think once Brooks heard something she didn't like, she saw red for good uh-huh. reason and kind of reacted. But Sarah was kind of like, but we were having this. This was not out of the blue. Okay. They, I so think they not- tried to edit it to make it look like because Brooks didn't go and put her son to bed, that Sarah said you have to be closer yes, to him. Yes, okay. And I don't think that those two things were necessarily related. I, they could have been 45 minutes apart. You know how editing yeah, is? Yeah, because, yes. And I'm always, like, trying to understand, like, why would Sarah say that? But yes, based on what I, she was I, saying and based on how the others were reacting that were Brooke's friends, Yes, I was looking at them and they weren't reacting like, wow, she crossed a line. They were like, oh, this is part of the conversation. Now, do I think right. she crossed a line? Yes. Yes. As a friend, I would not tell unless they were like hitting their child or something. Right. It's just like really egregious and like wildly unhelpful. I'm not going to tell someone how to parent. her friends, to me, the reaction to agree with someone that you don't even, you know how sometimes it's like, I thought maybe she, you know, sometimes you can feel like when she was like, are you using the right knife or using the right fork again? Prepare, like some people may feel like that came off as kind of cold or, but I felt where she was coming from because I've had to back myself up off my kids. In my house, my kids tell us they love each other it felt like every second. And for a moment, it was like uncomfortable. But b- me and Corey made a conscious decision to let them hug on us. We kissed them. We So now they could be in the worst argument. My kids to each other and they never end a conversation or one would be going to work. All right. See you later. Love you. They never left without saying it. So yeah. they always say it's, it's an abundance of it. So I, I just wondered that with Sarah. But that that does make sense if they were having a conversation because her putting her child to bed, I wouldn't have got, you need to be closer. I'm down here. You are old enough to walk up the stairs and get in your bed. And I have friends over. Good night. Well, it wasn't that he was going up alone. It was that the person who works for them. Oh, was taking him up. Taking him up. And that I can see like, it's kind of like, why have a kid? If you're not going to parent them, if you're going to have someone else parent. I feel like, I feel like with Brooks, Listening to her, her, how she grew up and almost like a Marlo listening to how they grew up. They may not have had the most money. Now I've made something. Now I can have an all pair, even though I really probably don't 
need one now because if you notice Brooke's Instagram it's I mean her uh Twitter it's all about things and where she's gone and the shopping and that reminds me of Marlo Mm -hmm. it's like these things now that you've achieved this this status these things so it's like yes can you take him to bed oh can you bring me wine by the time I wait on somebody to bring it, I could have went and got it in the kitchen myself. But to totally. me, it's like this. It's like this facade. The, yeah. And part of, I think, why a lot of Americans like living abroad is because you can afford to have help in your home. And sometimes it's like, are you having them because it actually provides them right. a good living and they can provide for their families? Or are they living in your home in a really crappy room with, you know, where like their entire lives is devoted to waiting on you. And there are right. different types of help, I guess, right? Yeah. And I've lived abroad and I know what it looks like. You know, wealthy families in Bangladesh all have help, right? But it's okay. different. It, do they go home at night? Do they live with you? Oh, you know, okay. what are their family situation like? Do their kids get to go to school? You know, there's a lot of questions I always have in these situations. I'm not as familiar with the UAE, but I do know there is a lot of um, not great situations for migrants who work for other people. And Brooks, of all the people, seem to be the rudest towards... Very much so. And it bothered me a lot. It It actually made me not like her. I didn't like... There's something about the way watching her, there would almost be like a switch up in her face to me. And I'm like, I'm looking at her with these blue contacts. A lot of us black folks have tried the different colors. I had gray. My brother said, you look like a reptile. But for the most part, <laughs> people like them. That's I thought, Whatever. Yeah. So I'm like these gray, my eyes were already big. These like big gray eyes. And I like my hair was like black, black, black. But I'm looking at her and just it it would be like to me a switch would like happen even when whether she was arguing or whether she was wanting a glass of wine or a cup of tea and this the way she spoke to them. It's not like she said bring it to me now but there was something about the way that she spoke. It was a harshness. It was a very harsh and an expectation as opposed to That's what it is. And it bothered me. Um I do want to go back to Marlo. Ooh, we that met seemed... Marlo's mother. And she shows up and they haven't seen each other in three years. Three years. Which is a very long time not to see a parent who is still living. <laughs> and seems to be in not. fairly decent health. Well, but then she didn't have teeth. So apparently Marlo had gotten her teeth and... I have, and I. This is all alleged, but did you read all the stuff about when women are missing she their sold teeth? Them? Yeah, that I a lot of it. that a lot of people because they're very expensive, and I don't know if these were like expensive dentures or what. Did she sell them to get money for drugs? Mm-hmm. She had been abusing drugs for majority of her life, mm-hmm. and she has a boyfriend who also has been abusing drugs. And, and Marlo still does. And she claims that he's clean, the woman. But Marlo, you know, finally sees her mother, and her mother brings up within the first hour 
can I bring him along, like her partner? And I get, like, if you've been seeing someone for a long time, but I understood where Marlo was coming from. She's like, you know, you've always put men above parenting me. Yep. And the, the, her, her reaction was instantaneous. And it also shows where Marlo may have got her mindset that men are to, or basically for one thing to make sure to provide, like to get money from you do what you got to do to get money from. You don't have feelings attached and you move on. I, I feel like that's also what, so it's very transactional with, if you notice even Marlo's apologies are transactional. Okay, I may apologize if I was wrong, but you better apologize. She's not just apologizing just to say, I I own what I've done and I can't have this on my heart. It's always, you know, yes, I cursed you out, but you also did this even if she started it. So everything is transactional with Marlo. Now she's really good friends with Sonia. Ross is, Ross is taking time with the boy. So it's like, it. She, she has to get something has to out get of something. every yep. relationship that she has. Yep. I, she's one of those people that had she been in therapy at a younger Ooh. age, the what it could do for what I think it could do for her now if she yeah. acknowledged that there are unhealthy patterns that she has. Yeah. But I don't think because she's, she's funny, willing. She's yeah, but yeah. I think humor is a coping mechanism. Oh, definitely. The closer coping mechanism. Oh, and it was yes. The situation with her mom, just how she can't trust her mom and how yes. everyone in her family uses her for money. And when she turns the tap off, they get upset with her. Yep. It's, yep. It must be a complicated situation. I, I, and she's pro- like, she made mention of moving back, I guess, home, like, I guess, towards Atlanta. And I could almost see Marlo kind of like, because that would, she would then become Marlo's birth. It's almost easier sometimes when the person is away and you don't really have to deal with it. And then now, but if she's home, you're going to be concerned. Is she eating? Is she on drugs? Is she in the streets? Is she this? So it's, it's like she's taking care of her family. So she cut out, she almost cut out the emotional part of it. Well, the other thing that really stuck out to me is that her sister's boys went to live with Marlo's mom and Marlo's mom was not taking care of them, was not even physically present. Nope. And the boys were, I'm sure, not eating, not everything. And so then, you know, they were taken away, I believe, by... They called Marlo. Social services and... Oh, they called Marlo. But they called Marlo. Mm-hmm. It's you. You. It's think, actually illegal to like do this to children. <laughs> yeah, didn't social services take them away from the mom, and then they ended up with the grandma? And yeah. I remember Marlo telling the story back what Years two ago. seasons ago mm-hmm. about them calling her saying, "Auntie, come get us." But it didn't dawn on me that it was from the grandma's house. And that makes it so sad. That means like so recently her mother was on drugs and not able to be a provider and a caretaker of children. And it's just the pattern repeating itself of what happened to Marlo. And I think sometimes when people abuse drugs for so long, it does permanently affect their brain and they are like emotionally stunted because her mom was like not necessarily comprehending the trauma and pain that she had caused to her child. 
and that she'd also caused it to her grandchildren and that maybe that's something that takes time to work back from. It was almost as if like, I'm here now and I'm clean. So like, and she talked to Candy about her own trauma. I was on drugs because of my trauma and this and that. And that, and that's what made her like tear up. And then even though when she, you know, she had apologized to Marlo when they were at her boutique, but it was almost like Marlo, come here. I don't mean to interrupt y'all, but, I'm sorry. I'll just tell him like he won't come around now. Like, let's move on. I watch another show called Bell Collective uh, produced by Carlos King or directed by Carlos King on own. The woman's mom, she was in and out. She was off and on drugs her whole life. Didn't raise her. She had to live with her dad. Her dad took care of her with life for the mom. And this is the first season that well, it's only been this is the second season. The mom is on the show. And if you watch them together, it was like Marlo and her mom, but also the woman. I'm a boss. I make my, the same things that Marlo says about herself. Yeah. It's the same thing that this woman says about her. Even Kenya, when you think about it, Kenya's always having to prove oh. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. And it's Look like. Look at me. Look at what I've accomplished. Look how amazing I am. I'm in CVS. And I think it's incredible what she's accomplished. But it's a coping mechanism. And it made me. But then look at Sheree. Sheree has had a mom there. Her mom seems to kind of. If you notice in other seasons, the way her mom would like kind of talk to Sheree. Sheree strikes me as a type that kind of got what she wanted. And mom, this is how I'm feeling. And maybe was a little, maybe not coddled. But she didn't have that life that these other women. In fact, I'm not saying that you have to have a mom on drugs to be successful, but it's what drives people. Okay, you well know? then let's go to Candy's success because Candy Ooh. has a drive that I have not seen. Yeah, in yeah. many people, and she has a talent, and she has a yes. work ethic that is unparalleled by yes. any other person we have seen on Bravo. Period. Ever, ever mm-hmm. in the history. Now her mother is. So I can't stand Mama Joyce. Me Mama neither. Joyce it feels so entitled to her daughter's earnings because she raised her daughter. Okay, well, why isn't Candy's husband and children also entitled to what right. Candy has made for herself financially? For her to say that you need to set up your older daughter as opposed to your two younger children was such a shitty thing to do. Oh, because she yeah. was there before you made the money. It's like those of us who were there before you made all this money are entitled right. to the money that you made. But those who showed up in the middle or at the end or whatever aren't entitled. And that it just pissed me off. Like, you yeah. don't get to make decisions about Candy's money. Only right. Candy gets to make those decisions. Make decisions. And, and with I, her husband. I think, I think she chose Riley because she knows Riley will take care of her. So right. she's saying, put Riley in charge of everything. Which, of course, Ace and... Blaze at this age can't make any decisions. For her to suggest that Todd not get an estate, get anything because he may be living lavish with another woman. Think about life insurance. So if 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 somebody sets up a million dollar policy, they end up passing away. I don't. You don't think that that person 
It's not like that person is like, oh, I got wealthy off it's, of my spouse's it's death. It's complicated. It's, and I understand what they were talking about in a sense because I've yeah. been through this a few times, like with my grandmother dying and my grandfather mm-hmm. remarrying a year and a few months later. And her basically Men are different than taking women. these lavish vacations that with, with money that was made while my grandmother was at home with the kids and raise, you know, and yeah. then my mom died and my dad remarried and I, it's just, it's tough. Um, but you have to have these financial conversations, you yeah. know, they and did also- sign a prenup and, and part of it is, you know, you don't want the spouse to then take all the money that you know what I mean and then not care yeah. for the kids like there are right. things that you can do put a different trust in that's yes. like what Candy yes. was saying that's literally to me, what our family did and and we had an agreement my dad was like if I pass before Joyce I need you guys to promise me that you will help care for her like we right we, she has enough of her own money financially all this stuff but like and we're like yes obviously you know, you just have to have these conversations about what yes. happens because things happen. But I think for Candy to be like, well, if something happens to me today, Todd can have a girlfriend but not a wife. And now, to me, I felt like mm, mm. that's not for you to say. Which exactly. To me also goes back to the money thing, like what you were saying about because my friend is kind of like going through it now with her dad and dating. Her mom passed last year and the money they had. These are also people that are capable thinking people. So as much I always and I tell Corey this with his mom, as much as the kids of the adults want to I mean, of their parents want to say, you're out here spending this money or doing whatever with this person who's not my father or who's not my mother. I always try to think about the parent in that situation, because like I told Corey, you come home to a loving wife and kids. Your mom doesn't have that anymore. So she wants, if she wanted to take insurance money and do whatever, we're trying to get her to spend it. She won't even spend, like, treat yourself, do something. So totally, Mama Joyce to say that Todd shouldn't even have a trust, not over the whole thing. Like, something that they decide on because it's Candy's money. Um, something and it's that not they all Candy's on. money. No, a lot of it of has been made while they, they've been married for 10 years. Everything exactly. that's been married... Uh, that's been made while they've been married is the property of the both of them and they need to decide what happens to that it's not one or the other i don't like how mama joyce puts out he quit his job let's go back todd and candy in interviews have said candy said i didn't want he wanted to continue producing and was offered jobs on shows out of atlanta big projects she said I don't want you leaving Atlanta and taking jobs that will require you to be away. Notice she does. And I understand that she does because that's her, that's, you know, she was doing that, but so was he. And then um, I know people were upset. Me and you talked about this at the conversation that Todd had with the money and Kayla, his daughter actually did an interview and was crying and said, my dad is not who y'all are making this out. What y'all are like, who, this person y'all are making this out to be. There was a lot cut out from that scene that you did not see before candy. I lived a very lavish lifestyle with my dad. I had a condo over the water and da, da, da. so she was saying like he did provide yeah, for me and he's just not going to throw out money. Candy even said herself, I wish there were things I did differently with Riley because Riley's entitled. Right. 
I mean, there, yeah, it's just, I just don't think it's for Mama Joyce to decide. It's for Me the neither. parents to spoil their kids or not spoil their kids. When she or, said her and Todd over the, I mean, her and Don Juan over. It's just city. such a, I don't know. I, I, I can't stand Mama Joyce. She sucks. Um, do you and, feel like, though, I do feel like <laughs> Candy shouldn't pick Don Juan. I feel like have an exact, like, Maybe you, whether you no, have to find interview a lawyer people. to be yes. the executor of yes. the estate. Yes. Yeah. It's all of it's just so crappy. Um, yeah. Okay. I do want to pivot to Beverly Hills because we don't have that much time left. And I'm asleep. <laughs> Remember Vicky? Lisa, go to sleep. <laughs> Vicky Gunvalson snoring whenever people were boring yes. her. It was so hilarious yes. and so rude. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So a couple questions for you on Beverly Hills. So they are taping the reunion. Apparently Today, right, right now as we are recording. And apparently Diana is not showing up in person and she's showing up via Zoom. Given that, given her ridiculous lawsuits and given that she was not on Watch What Happens Live, despite being a full-time housewife oh, all season, right. Do you think she's coming back? <laughs> I absolutely don't think Lily Lip Licker is coming back. I, what a disappointment. I was so what excited for her. I was like, like we're going to hear a refugee story. We're going to have someone with a different outlook on life. No, no. She's not I, thankful for what she has. She says she is, but she is entitled as fuck and she and fell sucks. right into the fold with the other ladies it was kyle has a tendency when you look back through every new girl to kind of like get her i don't want to say claws but eventually they're in the camp that kyle's in always every time except for sutton and garcelle except for sutton and garcelle yep. now um and i feel like they kind of leave crystal as a throwaway which i, I just want to mention this really quickly i have noticed and I think I talked to you about this. I have, or was I I'm going on and on about all my podcast? I don't, but the, the, between her cast members and the audience, it's interesting to see all of the love for Crystal and concern about her eating disorder this year, all of a sudden, because people are over the Fox Force Five. When last year, she tried to bring it up, but because the trigger was tied to a race conversation, they dismissed it. Lisa Renna said, at least we helped you lose five pounds. And they laughed it off and didn't talk about it again. And so now you're at Kyle asking her questions a couple episodes back. It really annoyed me because I was like, you could have known all this about her last year had you not ignored it because it was tied to Sutton and the racial issues that Crystal had with Sutton. Well, and I had an eating disorder expert on a couple weeks ago, and she actually said what Kyle was doing was more egregious than any of the comments Dorit made about vomiting or Erica Jane made about using laxatives, that like asking specific questions in front of other people and assuming you are owed an answer is like such a terrible thing to do to someone who is in the throes of an eating disorder, that you are not entitled to the answers to any of these things. And rapid fire questions are just like 
the worst thing and you then could do. bringing out you had your own and not discounting what Kyle went through but, no, but almost s- as if like saying because I and I said this during the interview was that it reminds me of the um, Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial and people being like well I was abused by my partner therefore I know what abuse looks like whereas there's no abuse that looks the exact same and y- no eating yes. disorder that is the exact same Yes, and just because yes. you experience something doesn't mean you understand somebody else's experience right um, that, is a, that is such a good point need to get your thoughts on this tequila situation what? I can't okay. stop laughing so Kathy I, this is what I think has happened I think Lisa Rinna gets really pissed when people negotiate good contracts. Okay. I think this is what happened with Denise. And when she thinks that the people don't put in the work that she does. Yes. So that's the whole thing with Denise. I don't think Denise was great at filming. I don't think she showed up on time. I don't think she understood it was like a truly, there's no script. Right. And a job like, (laughs) and she was getting paid more than the others. Then Kathy comes in halfway through the season. She must have negotiated a very good contract. I think they're like, you show up halfway through, you're beloved by the audience, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to sell some crap and you don't even need the money. But how is Kathy talking about investment in tequila any different than Renna talking about her rosé, than Kyle's husband talking about the agency, that anyone talking about any of their products? Yep. Dorit and her swimwear then yeah line it doesn't matter it's and she said i'm an investor and she's doing something to help the people also you know that made the tequila and for this woman the 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 coming that we see that's my friend kendall jenner how old (laughs) are you isn't she like 20 like why are you friends with a 20 year what's wrong with you because you didn't say that's my friend's daughter's tequila you said that's my friend, Kendall Jenner. Girl, like I, she's well, they me, have, I believe, a planned takedown of Kathy Hilton. Me too. Me too. And I do think that Kyle is I could see Kyle being like, um, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. Like I know about it, but I'm not involved in it. But you know it's going to happen. I loved, and I'm sorry, I loved how Kathy with a sentence can bring Kyle right down. Kyle, stop cursing. <laughs> Kyle didn't curse again. I lo- She goes, I'm sorry. It's enough. And I loved every bit of it because the Kyle that saw that was so concerned about the orphans and widows to me was performance. I didn't buy that from her. I bought it from Garcelle. Sometimes do I think watching, because I'm trying to watch fairly and not just from the perspective of, I've never cared for Kyle and don't really care for these most of these other women. So I know that Garcelle can probably get under your skin. But what you do is say, hey, can't answer these questions, Garcelle. The way they come at Garcelle versus the way that Lisa was questioning Kim Richards, saying all this stuff about her when she was in the throes of her, you know, going, going when she wasn't even in the throes, like she, right. It was when she was sober, was still questioning whether or not she was sober. And maybe she wasn't, I don't know, but it was not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's no different. It's no different. You go after someone and they, they, and anyways, Kyle 
is there's so much tension between her and Kathy. And Kathy, you could feel it. You could feel it. Kathy is so much older than her, right? Uh She was the first child of big Kathy. Mm -hmm. Then came Kim many years later, and then Kyle. So Kathy got married when Kyle was probably still before even high school. Right. right. So Kathy has always been sort of like a second mother figure, mm-hmm. which is why I think she inappropriately tells Kyle what to do like a mom uh-huh. does. And I think yep. it's inappropriate and I think it frustrates Kyle. But rather than talk to Kathy about, you know, she I really like don't a- appreciate when you talk to me like I'm a child, I'm a 50 something year old woman. I don't need you to tell me to stop cursing. Mm hmm. Instead of like talking like a normal human person to a close relative, she digs at Kathy. She digs yes. at it. And she yep. rolls her eyes when Kathy brings out the younger they're bratty annoyed, sister. They're annoyed by her. And yeah. they're going to take any little thing she does, whether or not she called a man a faggot, right? Which is like totally huh. inappropriate. Yep. But I'm sorry, they all do shit that's really inappropriate. And to me, I think they all do. How do you, every sister dynamic is very different. I know Mm -hmm. that just from my experiences. But I'm like, to let these women, like, I feel like if you're such in a good place, like Kyle blatantly talking while Kathy was trying to, she could have been like, y'all settle down. We're tasting the tequila. This is my sister. But instead she digs in. But to me, Lisa Renna's attack this takedown to me in my personal opinion and the things that she's saying about Kathy online, trying to tie Kathy back to the bots for Garcelle's son stems from last year when Garcelle said, I heard you said, this is why we shouldn't have black people on the show. And I've heard from very different sources, some directly linked to uh, Beverly Hills, that Kathy was the one that told Garcelle that Lisa said it. So to me, I'm like, oh, this is her get back. This is her. And for me, the way you notice the way Lisa comes at Garcelle too. It's like, no, I think that to her, Garcelle is a reminder of the woke mob. So that's what Garcelle Garcelle represents to her. Like, I didn't have anybody questioning my race and all of that. I mean, questioning whether I was, um, whether I was racist or whether I was this until Gar. So like, it's like Garcelle represents all of that, Denise, and then all and, of that. And what's so funny is that Rinna thinks of herself as a progressive, I'm for yes. reproductive rights, I'm a outspoken Democrat, I've gotten fired from selling stuff on QVC because of how outspoken I am against Donald Trump, you know, and then she still like is uncomfortable with race being part yep. of the conversation. Yes. And it's yep. just like Garcelle is a black woman. Her experience as being a black woman. She's going to talk about being black just like how, I don't know, like, you know, Crystal talks about being Chinese. Like it's see, just part of who they are. They were able to sweep crystals under the rug because the audience sided not only just the all, but, but and everybody sided with Sutton, even Garcelle, without knowing the full extent of what of what Sutton did. Right. But with Garcelle, it's not going away. Like because like it's this in your face thing. So I truly believe 
that I think Lisa has a rage against Garcelle because Garcelle represents all these things. Now you have people used to just say that I was doing my job, that I was the butthole, that I was this. But now being, you know, what have what what are people saying? People are more worried about being perceived as a racist than being a racist. Mm-hmm. So I think now, oh, Kathy called this person, you know, a faggot or Kathy. It's like, let's get all this off of me. I truly believe that is behind her motive to get back at Kathy. Yeah. And she like, oh, Kathy went to Mar-a-Lago. Kathy. And it's yes! like, people she aren't keeps- going to hate her. You can't make people hate her. Just it, she's not Ramona Singer because yes. she's much... Um, more clever she's funnier and And i think charismatic um she's very charismatic and i don't know like she seems to have a genuine friendship with garcelle yes a real friendship and i'm not saying like i don't like calling anyone racist because you don't call out behavior yes you don't need to call a person something because then the person can't really change but behavior can change Mm -hmm. and we all have racist behavior because we all do, right? And I think, unless you know for sure, that is a strong word. Word. I and don't like Someone is it. calling me the N-word, and then someone is saying, you people are less than me. Then, yes, you are that. Because that is what. But if somebody's exhibiting, like you said, this behavior, it's like. I don't know. I- and is Kathy, like, a rich white lady who probably votes yeah. Republican? I'm sure she is. I- Yes, but I don't see how that makes her different from a lot of other people. And there must be something nice about her for Garcelle to be want to be such good friends with her. Now, I I, I want to speak to that. I will say this because I've heard people use that not as a reason say that, that she's about not. Sutton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but I think that there said- are redeeming qualities about her as a friend that she's not just like a character on a show. But I think she must have redeeming right. qualities as an, an actual friend. And Crystal, I believe, is also truly friends with Kathy. Right. Like well, they I traveled to New York together. Yeah. You she know. said last year that they weren't as close. They weren't but as close, they but are, they've yeah. gotten close. Yeah. I will say because I, I talked about this on uh, my Patreon. I've seen people straight up say, basically ignoring what Sutton did to Crystal wasn't that big of a deal because Garcelle wouldn't be friends with Sutton. And I did say this. Garcelle is in a black woman in Hollywood where black roles still are few and far between, especially for black women versus white women. Sometimes you can look because I have I have done it myself. I said I I refuse to do it anymore to to the point of if I can't look myself or another black friend of mine in the face and say, did you truly let something slide? But I worked in an office with a majority white woman on one end and they kept all the black people. And I started out in customer service. And so when I got moved to the other end of the building, we would say, we would basically say off the plantation. Then I tried as much (laughs) as I could because it was very clear. It was black and Hispanic sometimes in um, in one area of the office. In one area. And they end with a big glass, big, gla- and they called it the fishbowl. I couldn't stand that. But so I tried. Every time I would hear of a position to come up, I would tell my friends. But there were women in that office that were funny, that were smart, that were bright. But I knew that if it came down to it, would not be on the side of blackness if it came down to a racist moment but they weren't 
outwardly not that. So when we would go to the office parties and they were in higher positions and they like you and they were able to drop a word and your name is now in circles that they weren't in before. I'm not saying that's what it is, Garcelle. I'm saying there's a lot of black women I know that now if it came down to it and they had to speak up, oh, you're definitely not going to disrespect me or my culture, but you're not outwardly doing it, even though I pretty much kind of know maybe who you are, but you're nice and you're not hateful and you're in this position. Okay, because I already know I would never look for you to speak up for me. So I'm okay with it. So a part of me wonders. I, I wonder, but I also think Sutton and Kathy, to an extent, have shown a willingness to, like, be wrong? Yes. I, I meant more so with Kathy, with Garcelle. But it may have grown I don't into know. a friendship. I, think, I, I, when I saw them on The Real, mm-hmm. oh, yes. I but, really sensed that they were close. I'll say this. I have had people that were white women that I would have considered myself. I was extremely close to. I'm talking, like... They took off of my daughter, Sky, who's now first year in college, had just started kindergarten and they took off. I didn't realize it was a half a day, like the first three days. I'm like, oh, my God. So I was friends with someone and they said, leave work. Take your lunch break, go get her. And then I will leave early, take a half a day and watch her. That's how close we were. I knew that if we got into a situation where someone was calling me the N-word, she would say something. But in the back of my mind, would I count on her to show up for me at a march or to be able to come to her with my heavy concerns about my Black son going somewhere? No. So she was just put in a different category. But we were very close. Yeah. And I was able to separate because I think as Black people, we have had to separate learn to compartmentalize you have to go in and be able to because you just can't like it's frustrating sometimes because you just can't really walk into every job and when you when your co-worker says something that doesn't look like you were or women with men and misogyny you can't just quit every right. job so I, I but I do I, I would hope that out of Garcelle and Sutton's friendship came an openness from Sutton to and Crystal's friendship with her willing to learn. Sutton was and I think so. photographed like while she was, I don't know if this is a upcoming or I missed it in a, but it's her and her assistant, Josh. And she's wearing, wearing a, a they're both wearing sweatshirts. They protect black trans women. Trans women. Yes. And I feel like she is someone who grew up in a certain era, in a certain guess, part of the yep. country and is mm-hmm. learning a lot of new stuff and is very yes. open to it. Yeah. And so um, I applaud her for that. It's not easy to unlearn things and to learn new things. No. It's it never easy. I is not. have trouble with it. it. And I I commend Sutton for what I feel like I've, I've seen thus far. Now, it's yeah, not up me, to me. me too. Right? That's it's not up I- to me. I said deep in deep in my in my gut, there are certain things I feel about Sutton. So for me, her wearing the sweatshirt, I was like, that's great. I'm not saying she's got to go out and march. But what what like, oh, OK, what's the charity? Do you do with it? Like, because sometimes people are just went the black. But I didn't want to. I, I wouldn't performative. 
thank you. Yeah. So I was like, but I, but I have to say, I appreciate it that she even wore it. Cause you know, she runs in circles where maybe there are other people who are not mm-hmm. like as for that. So I did appreciate the fact that she wore it. I'm also sure that her assistant has let her yes. become aware of a lot of different things. Yeah. He's, what do he's you think a nice about, guy. What do you think about Cherie? I feel like she's a flop. I think she's a flop. I think I thought she was so funny in the beginning. And now I'm like, I think she's a lot more concerned. Honestly, the reason I think she's a flop is her social media behavior, like selling fake purses and asking for things on Cash App is like low grade bullshit. And I don't want someone who does things like that. And I feel like or on any of the housewives, she was wishing Diana a happy birthday after the whole bot thing. I'm sorry if that's my girl. And I know, and the things that you've said, Cherie is concerned with, to me, Cherie wants to make money. I watched her on all these other yeah, shows. she's too into making and money. And she wants to, to like, be concerned. Be I think she wanted to be considered for a housewife. So I can, I got to come on and be Garcelle's friend, but also I don't want to ruffle the, the, feathers the feathers too much. Now we have to wind down this conversation and I can't stop laughing in my head about the fact that we have not talked about Erica and the earrings. Oh my God. You know what? I actually kind of want to keep it that way because enough has been said. Um, What frustrates me the most about her is that she's like, no, we don't know anything for sure. That is actually a lie. I thought about you (laughs) at that time where she said that when they were in Aspen, a legal judgment had already been made that at least two million dollars of Tom Girardi's like clients account money was misappropriated. That is a fact because it was a legal judgment. A court found that at least two million was misappropriated. So maybe we don't know about twenty five million. Maybe we don't know about the earrings, but we certainly know that at least two million was misappropriated. And I'm tired of her pretending like that never happened and that we still have no idea what's going on. You said, Mandy, I literally thought about you because it was one of your podcasts during last season. Mm hmm. And you specifically said, this is not true. This is because there were things that had already been proven and had been ruled on that you talked about. They've been ruled on in court. And also, like, why do you need the court to tell you to return? Okay. And then it did tell her to return the earrings. And she didn't. She She didn't. And she's like, well, that's my right. And we have to basically, what, you're going to take this all the way up to the Supreme Court? Supreme Court? What the hell is wrong with you? And And to me, I thought, now answer me this. Is this a possibility? Because then I thought she could have phrased it differently. Say if the courts at that time that don't do anything with the earrings, don't get, and her attorney said, let me see what's going on. Don't give them back yet. Hold them. Let me, like, say for instance, Remember when people were saying she should be selling some of her stuff? And I remember you talked about. She can't. She can't. Right. So if it was, why, without, she didn't have to go into detail, but what, instead of saying what she said about the victim, she could have said, listen, all under the advisement of counsel right now, the earrings have to stay put or or something. I don't think she wants to blame her attorneys also. At the end of the day, she pays them and they work for her. And if she right. wants something to happen, she can make it happen. So then could she say, like, right now, 
everything is settled in a court of law. There are certain things I can and cannot move. Of until, course, she could say right? that, but she doesn't. She's like, I don't give a fuck about anyone but myself. And it's I just- thought that I thought I was like, there's no way because sometimes, you know, Bravo will trick you. And then sometimes they are actually doing what we think. And I'm starting to wonder, like, not that Bravo, like, I guess they want to make a good season, right? The producer. So, I mean, what was very telling was that Rinna and Dorit were just oh. trying to shuffle her out of there yep, because they're yep, like, yep. she's saying something that right. she can't come back from. And I and think in front of the camera, in front of the camera. And I'm sure she was saying this kind of stuff off camera. And yep. Kyle was upset because it's something she couldn't defend. And I feel like, though, Kyle, to me, now all of a sudden you kind of want to jump in. I can't defend you. You didn't say anything last year. I just wanted her, honestly, to be out of it because I, I nothing to me from her is genuine. I know. To me. I know. That's Do what you, you think. think well, let me ask you this. Diana donating that money. People are saying, oh, she, that, that was it's a bullshit. message to the cast. Do they, it's you think bullshit. the cast really cares? I don't think the cast cares. I think she's using it as a talking point. She used it as seed money to set up her own foundation, which. And what it, do you think Erica, what well, I was going to say, do you think Erica's upset or does Erica understand the game? Like Erica she understands used it the as game. seed. Okay. Sorry I, about that. Yeah. I have so many alarms going We off. do have to end things, but I had so this much fun so talking great. to you. Tell everyone where they can find you. First of all, Mandy, thank you for having me. You can find me at WeGo, W-E-I-G-O podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. I was going to say Facebook. No. Um, <laughs> but I am on Facebook, but not with WeGo. And uh, my podcast, What Else Is Going On, everywhere podcasts are. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. If you want to have fun discussions, you can hit me in the DMs as long as you're nice. Or just not disrespectful. I mean, you don't got to be nice, but, you know, that's where you can find me. And um, Mandy is um, Mandy's going to have a sleepover with me. And we are going to be like the Roni women that season when they released that footage of them, like having fun (laughs) at Dorinda and eating street meat. Now, I don't know if Mandy and I will be eating street meat necessarily, but we will be having fun. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, We will talk soon. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.